0: relationship with Jesus. And I happen of reasons, but I'm going to give you my number one reason. Give us Psalm 122 on the screen please. Our feet have been standing within your gates of Jerusalem. The psalmist is talking about the feasts. There were three feasts a year that the Jews were required to go to Jerusalem, make pilgrimage, and attend the three annual feasts. And the psalmist is going like this. He's like, when it was time for the feast, I didn't just high five my neighbor and say, hey bro, have a great trip and kiss the soil of Jerusalem for me when you get there. And here's 20 bucks, man. Stop at McDonald's and have lunch on me. The psalmist wrestled his calendar down and got his family together and made that long trek to Jerusalem. And when it was time for the feast, the psalmist goes, my feet were standing in the gates of Jerusalem. I go to church to make a statement before him. jesus to take on principalities and powers and to make a statement in the region my feet were in the house i want the dust in the carpet to get on my shoes and i want some of the dust on my shoes that eats you up. skinny scrawny scraggly skeleton scarecrow Christian. I'm having fun. Listen, Jesus didn't die for us to live off one meal a week. He died to give us a vibrant, living, personal A secret place. I'm talking about the secret place this morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is better than a podcast. It's better than a conference. It's better than a YouTube sermon. It's better than a book. Sitting at his feet and hearing the words of his mouth. Now, I've used a word a couple times so far that I need to explain. Josh, I just need to get the whole room on the same page right now, okay? I, I used the word Rhema. Let me explain that. When the New Testament was written, it was written in the Greek language. In Greek, there are two Greek words that we translate identically into English, Spanish the same. The Greek word Logos, we translate it Word. The Greek word Rhema, we translate it Word. So when you're reading your English Bible, New Testament, and you come across the word Word, you can't tell from the English. What the original was. For example, when you're in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. That was Logos. And then when you're in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds Rhema. We live by the Rhema's of his mouth. A definition, and a uh, couple of this is a definition on the screen. It's a good definition. Uh, often we've said it like this. Logos is the written word. rama is the spoken word definition. And now, the bobswarky homemade definition. Next screen. A Logos is a Rhema that God gave somebody else. I'll explain what I mean. When the Writers of scripture got their message. It came to them straight from heaven. It was Ramah to their spirit. Set them on fire. And they're like, oh my goodness. I'm going to write that down. And they wrote it down. And then they gave it to us. And when we got it, Regan, we got Logos, they got Rama because I came to them from heaven. We got logos because we got it from them. The only way to get Rama is direct from heaven for yourself. Nobody can give you a Rama. Only. God can give you a rima. Maybe you've experienced what I'm talking about. You're in the secret place. You're just talking to Jesus. You're praying and you're in the word. And it happens. Ephesians 1.17 The spirit of revelation comes on you. And you are like... Oh my goodness, I've never seen this verse. I've only read it 200 times, I've just never seen it. And now, under Revelation, Zeke, you're looking at the verse going, Oh my goodness, this is my answer. I've been asking God for 10 years, I just got my answer. This lights up your eyes, your cheeks flush, your heart rate increases. You are like you are jazzed, I just got the best rhema. You call your friend up, I just got the best rhema I've gotten in 10 years. And your friend goes, tell me. You share your rhema with your friend. And she goes, praise God. You just want to kick her? What kind of a sluggish, hard-hearted, backslidden, Laodicean age Christian are you? I just gave you the best rhema I've gotten in 10 years. Well, remember, Anna, you got rhema, she got locusts. I know how to get a rhema. It's a secret. But I'm gonna share some of my secrets this morning. You better appreciate them. Uh, I paid a price for some of these secrets and I'm just gonna serve them on a solar platter so at least look appreciative. How to get a rhema. long and loving meditation in the Logos. When you have the Logos in front of you, you are a ticking time bomb. You are a holy setup. You are revelation waiting to happen because you are positioned for the spirit of revelation to come upon you and show you something in that verse that you never saw before you're going to see Jesus in a way like you've never seen him. Your faith is going to ignite. Your love is going to explode. You're going to come alive. You're going to be able to live for another 40 days in your wilderness because he just gave you the kisses of his mouth. That song of Solomon 1, the ramus of his mouth. We live by the ramus of his mouth. Here comes another secret. The more time you spend in the Logos the better your chances of getting a Rima. Somebody might be thinking right now, Bob your secret place must be awesome. Actually no. It's mostly dull, mostly boring, and mostly sewing. But I know a secret. I know if I'll just keep sewing every day in the secret place, every day at His feet, every day in the Logos, if I'll just keep sewing one of these days I will reap. Give us Galatians 6 for the screen. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Here's the principle of the verse. Sow to the spirit, you'll eventually reap to the spirit. Sow to the secret place, you'll eventually reap to the secret place. Sow to the logos, you'll eventually Reap to the Logos. Hear it this way now. So to the Logos, you'll eventually reap Rima. Once you have tasted Rima. Once you have experienced what I'm talking about, where the spirit of revelation comes upon the logos and he speaks a Rhema to you through the logos. Once you have tasted Rhema, you become a Rhema junkie. I've got to get me another one of those, and now you don't care how much you have to sew. You don't care if you have to sew for three days, if you have to sew for three weeks, if you have to sew every day for three months. You don't care if you have to sew for three years. You don't care, Rick, because. You know a secret. If I'll just keep sowing to the secret place, if I'll just keep sowing to the logos, I know one of these days it's going to happen again. The spirit of revelation is going to come upon me. I'm going to see something in the Word. I'm going to see something about Jesus I've never quite seen before. My eyes will light up. My cheeks will flush. My I'll be able to live and sustain in my wilderness because we live by the rhemas of his mouth I want you to hear this it's my soul right now. I travel around to churches all the time, and it's very frequent for me where I will say something like this. I'll say, turn in your Bibles with me, and I'll mention a scripture. What's it? Jesus was baptized by John. The scripture says that the dove of the Holy Spirit came and rested on Jesus. Grace, I want you to hear this one now. The dove of the Spirit loves to come and rest upon the Word. I'd like to share with you a rhema God gave me on one occasion. Would that be okay with you? I just need one hand, permission from one person. Thank you. Okay, I'll I'll blame the pastor on that one. I'm going to share a rhema with you that God gave me on one occasion. And uh, here's the context for it. I was in a season of consecration. And... Luke, I want you to hear what I'm about to say, my friend. I I said this to the Lord. I said, Lord, I am going to come to your word as if I know nothing about you. I'm going to take everything I think I know about who you are, I'm putting it all aside, and I'm coming to your word. Show me who you are. I suggest you try it sometime. And I began to devour the words of Jesus, because I wanted to know Jesus. So I was in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and I was in Revelation 1, 2, 3, if it was read, I was reading it. How many know what I meant by that? Some Bibles have red ink where the words of Jesus are, meant, are are being quoted. So I was reading the red. And as I'm in this discipline, just immersing myself over and over in the words of Jesus, I began to notice a certain word. It like popped off the page at me. He said it there. He said it there. He said it there. There, 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 there. And again and and again and again and again and again, again. Jesus used that word a lot. Here came the rhema. It's the most important word in the whole Bible. Pastor Tim and I got this Rima Set my heart on fire. I saw what was the most important word in the whole Bible. It's better than Starbucks. I'm about to share with you the most important word. Bible. And I really don't care if you agree. Because when you get a rhema from Jesus, from heaven, you're not that moved by people's opinions. You might like it, you might not like it, you might agree, you might not agree doesn't really move me very much because this one kept me alive in my wilderness. I got this one from heaven. And so process it however you want to. It's rhema to me. Jesus said about Mary, she sat at his feet and heard his word. And Jesus says, it'll never be taken from her. Because when you get a rhema from heaven, nobody can steal your rhema. Amen. It's yours. So I'm going to share with you the most important word in the whole Bible. Here. he who has ears to hear, let him hear. How many times did Jesus say it? We looked last night at his blockbuster parable of the sower, and everything in that parable is contingent on hearing. The first heart heard it this way, the second heart heard it this way, the third person heard the word this way, but this one heard the word with a good heart and produced a harvest. Everything in the parable is contingent on hearing. A voice came from heaven This is my beloved son, hear him. Somebody goes, well, actually, I don't agree with that. I think the most important word in the Bible is love. Okay. Uh, There is a verse that goes, hear, O Israel, you shall love the Lord your God. Somebody goes, well, I think the most important word in the Bible is faith. There is a verse that goes, Faith comes by When you hear, now you can believe. When you hear, now you can obey. When you hear, now you can repent. When you hear, now you can make that decision. When you hear from God, now you know if you should date that guy. When you hear from God, now you know what to say, if you should go to that school. Everything changes when you hear from God. Which is why when I come to the secret place, I don't come primarily to talk. Now don't get me wrong, I talk to God. Yeah I do, I'm a blabbermouth just like you. But that's not my first agenda. My first agenda when I come to the secret place, I want to hear from God because things don't change when I talk to God, things change when God talks to me. When I talk, in case you didn't notice, Zeke, nothing happens. When God talks, universes come into existence, creative life happens when God talks. So my primary agenda in the secret place, I want to hear from God. I asked the Lord one time, Lord, give me Mickey Mouse ears because I want to hear what the Spirit is saying in this hour. I'd like to share with you what is probably for me my most precious "hear" verse. It's got that little word here in it. Every time you come across the word here in the Bible from now on, I want it to pop off the page at you. I want it to have neon lights around it here because it's that significant. I'd like to share with you a verse. I love this verse. It's got the word here in it. He says, I'll give you more. Here's the principle of the verse. To get a word from God, you must prove yourself a good steward of what he's already given you. If you steward what he's already given you, he says, I'll give you more. That's the principle of the verse. And it's so important to me because I want more. I've got a spiritual appetite. I'm greedy, if you know what I'm saying. I I might be the greediest guy in the room today, although I'm sensing some competition in the house. But I want more more and I've it, it it it's it's actually I've gotten it if I'm gonna get more I'm gonna have to be a good steward of what he already has given me and he says if you hear it like that I'll give you more the Lord's kind of like this I gave you a rhema five years ago Come back five years later. You've mostly forgotten it. It's mostly off your radar. It's now dusty on your shelf. You aren't really revisiting it anymore. You've mostly forgotten it. You're not really loving it. If that's how you stewarded the last rhema I gave you, why should I give you another? If you want, Jesus, to give you a rhema, you must demonstrate that the last rhema he gave you was so precious to you, so valuable to you, so cherished by you, that you did everything in your power to love it, believe it, act on it, do it, practice it, pray it, make it a part of your DNA. And he says, if you hear it like that, I'll give you more. Luke eight, eighteen. It's in red ink and may that be imprinted into your heart forever. I find an illustration for this verse in football. I understand the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this afternoon. I understand there's some contention on that statement right there, but I talked to a Dallas fan already that said, "Uh, sorry bro, you're going down. But in Kansas City, uh, and this is for some of the sisters in the room that don't care about football, we have a guy in Kansas City, his name is Patrick Mahomes, and he is the next best thing to, uh, he's awesome, okay, we have an awesome quarterback, and he's going to save Kansas City single-handedly, you know what I'm saying? Patrick Mahomes the football. And the receiver (laughs) drops the ball. Mahomes goes, give the guy another shot. And the receiver drops the ball a second time. And Mahomes is like, bro, Mahomes throws the ball a third time, and the receiver drops the ball. If I'm the quarterback in that story, I'd be like, that's the last football that I'm throwing in your direction. If you want the quarterback to throw you the football, you must demonstrate that you have hands. And if you want Jesus to throw you a Rima, you must have a proven track record of catching remas. If you catch them, he'll throw you another. I'm telling you, Jesus was talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Is there anybody in the room that played football in high school or college? Any football players in it? You played football? Somebody who played football? Come on, sis. My name is Deborah Bryan. Deborah. ago. Receiver catches the ball. Deborah, when a receiver catches the ball, I'm guessing the receiver is thinking something like this. They're coming for me. The whole team is coming for me. They have forgotten about other guy on my team, and I am the only guy on my team that they are thinking about right now, and they are not nice thoughts, they want to hurt me, they want to hit me, they want to strip this ball from me, they are coming after me, these boys are big, these boys are buff, I am about to get hit. I don't know what direction it's going to come from. I don't know if he's coming this way, this way, and I don't know where on my body he's going to hit me. All I know is I'm about to get hit. Whatever happens next, do not drop this ball, and the receiver pulls that the Fall into the cradle and hold on for dear life. When God throws you a football, wake up, Zeke. Do not drop the ball. Do whatever you have to do to wrap your soul around that rhema. Pull it into your and hold on for dear life. And if you catch it like that, he'll throw you another. This is so important to me that I have developed a whole system in my life for catching footballs from the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you my system, okay? Not because I want you to imitate my system, I want to inspire you to find your own system. So this is my system for catching footballs from the Holy Spirit. And to understand my system, something you need to know about me, okay, Josh? Just gonna be honest. I have a horrible memory. I don't know what's wrong with this thing. It's like some kind of a feeble excuse for a memory. I think on the day they were giving out the memories I missed that line or something because my brother got it and I didn't. And if God gives me a rhema, if I don't write it down, it's It's gone. The only way that this feeble thing can hold on to any footballs that the Holy Spirit throws me, I have to write it down. So, when I'm in a prayer meeting, I always have three things with me. Did I say always? you're like, Bob, what's the deal? I'll tell you the deal. When I'm in a prayer meeting and I'm praying the Word, because that's what I do in prayer meetings, I pray the Word. I don't mostly read the Bible. I mostly pray the Bible. Because I'm looking for conversation starters. This is literally what my secret place looks like. I'm just going to show you right now. Literally what I do every day. Read the verse. Read the verse. Read the verse. Read the verse. This verse. I want to talk to you about this verse, and I begin to engage a conversation with the Lord using the language of that verse. And we have a visit, we talk about it. In my secret place, I'm always looking for conversation starters. And when I'm in a prayer meeting, and I'm praying in the Word, what happens is, when you start to pray the Word, you start sucked it, you see it this way you pray it this way you pray it that way prayer meeting to my laptop, punch it into my journal, and then review my journal. Because if I don't review my journal, it's gone. The only way that I can retain a word from God, I have to put it in my journal and then review. When I'm in a meeting where the Word of God is being taught, preached, proclaimed, some form of instruction in the Word, I always have three things with me. Did I say always? I have a Bible, I have a notepad, and I have a pen. You will not find me in a context like this without a Bible, and notepad, and a pen. And you're like, Bob, what's your deal? I'll tell you my deal. When I'm in a place where the Word of God is being proclaimed, I know this is going to shock you, but if you can believe it, every once in a while, the Holy Spirit, right in the middle of the pastor's sermon will throw me a football. If he throws me a football in the middle of a teaching, I am gonna catch that sweetheart, write it down on my notepad, I go straight home from the meeting to my laptop, punch that sweetheart into my journal, and then review my journal. When I'm in the secret place, I always have three things with me. Maybe you can guess what they are. Somebody's going, Bob, you're sounding OCD. It's true. On this one, I am OCD. Why would I want to have a Bible, notepad, and pen in my secret place? Thank you for asking, Zeke, I'll tell you. When I'm in the secret place, and I'm praying in the Word, and I'm talking to Jesus, I get some of my sweetest footballs in the secret place. When God throws me a football in the secret place, That ball. I write it down, I go straight to my laptop, I tap it into my journal, and then review my journal. Because I want to catch every ball that the Holy Spirit gives me. And I believe if I'm a good steward, If you're sitting close enough to say this to someone right now, just say it with with a little bit of hotspot. Do not drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. Last scripture is Proverbs 26, verse 20. Proverbs 26, verse 20, my last scripture. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Has anybody here ever done a campfire? You've done a campfire? Uh, Yeah, she's nervous. Let me ask you a question. Is that campfire still going? She stopped putting wood on the campfire. If you want the flame of your heart to stay alive, you've got to keep putting wood on the altar of your heart. The wood is the word. And when your heart starts to get cold, You ever experienced that? Ever felt like, oh, I'm getting a little bit cool? Dr. Bob has a cure for you. Go get some wood get into the logos and put some fresh wood on the altar of your heart this is where our flame comes alive this is where our fervency stays hot at his feet hearing his word putting fresh logos on the altar of our hearts may your heart never be alive. may you never become a lukewarm or a cold Christian, but may you be fiery in your passion for Jesus all your days. always stoking the altar of your heart with fresh logos. May this grace be yours, I pray in Jesus name. Now I have asked permission and our pastors have been gracious to me. I've asked permission. If our worship if our if our prayer teams could get some anointing oil in their hands this morning and be available to anoint with oil. The reason we do this, and I'm gonna ask them just to go ahead and start getting ready for this, the reason we anoint with oil is because in the scriptures the Lord has has instructed us that when we anoint with oil, we're actually Physically embodying the ministry of the Holy Spirit, who is the oil of heaven. And when we anoint with oil, we believe by faith that the Holy Spirit himself enters into that and touches us in a personal, real, vital tangible way. And the Holy Spirit's about to do that in this room. He is about to come upon some people in this room in a powerful way to seal this message. And what we are willing to do, if you want to participate, we are willing to ask the Holy Spirit to put some fresh oil on your secret place relationship with Jesus wouldn't that be sweet? Fresh oil in the Holy Spirit to empower and anoint and strengthen our relationship, our secret place relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come up. The worship team is going to get ready as well. They're going to wait with the music until I'm finished here on the microphone. But As they are preparing and getting oil in their hands. And while I've got the mic one last chance, I'm going to just offer a prayer of blessing. This is how I want to pray over you. Now, if you would like to stand and receive this blessing, I would like to pray a prayer of blessing over this congregation. Heavenly Father, I am asking today for my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ who have come to plant their of God and make a statement in your presence today. I am asking Lord that you would honor their faith and their obedience and their consecration. And Holy Spirit as we are anointed with oil today, would you enter into this now? I'm asking Holy Spirit, may there be fresh momentum for your secret place relationship with God. May you enjoy new momentum. May there be a fresh joy. May there be fresh uh, uh, desire Desire. May you have grace to be violent with your schedule and find those times where you will get in the secret place with Jesus every day. Violence, oh violent man of God. May the Holy Spirit help you now. I'm asking, Lord, for fresh grace to sow every day into the secret place and as we do dove of heaven would you come and rest upon the word spirit of revelation would you come i'm asking for the ramas of your word to be given to my brothers and sisters. Awaken us with the rhemas of your mouth, I pray. Make us rhema junkies that live by the words of your mouth. Give us grace to gather wood every day and put fresh logos on the altar of our hearts. And I'm asking for grace, Lord, We want to hear what the spirit is saying we want to hear through your word what you would speak to our lives and i bless every person now with fresh fire with fresh anointing with fresh grace in the holy spirit may there be fresh joy in their walk with you every day in jesus name worship with us now you're free to be dismissed if you want to come forward and receive this anointing ministry you are welcome to do that god bless you and